0: We're waiting for you. <laughs> right. Do you know what do you know what I said foolishly this morning? I see Colin and just arriving as well. I said that I was prepared for this morning for a change and that that would probably mean that it's going to be a disaster. Um, because normally I'm totally unprepared, and it kind of goes okay. Uh, this morning I feel prepared, and it's already not got off to a good start. <laughs> well, let's, I think we'd better, we better, um, we better just get into it. Right, so this morning, do you know one of the problems with this morning is that there's a whole load of different threads that I've got to try and weave together. And it might not seem that coherent, but my prayer is going to be, before we start the service, come on in, you guys. We're having a bit of a slow start. It's a bit of a staggered start this morning. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You come on in. Right. So, one of the things that I've got to do is try and weave these things together. And my prayer this morning is going to be that you guys hear a consistent message from God in what's said this morning. So, this morning, we've got a little bit about rocks. We've got a little bit about putting stuff behind us and grasping what is ahead of us. We've got a bit of a bigger chunk about pastoral care and about sending out. And we've got some stuff about God's faithfulness when we trust him financially. So there's all these different things we've got to try and draw together. So let's start with a prayer and just ask God to try and give us a clear vision through this stuff. Heavenly Father, I want to start off by thanking you for such a beautiful day today. It's a lovely sunny day. And I want to thank you for your presence with us here, that you've promised that where we gather together in your name there, you will be also. And Lord, you are the one who is good and you are the one who is wise. And I pray that you will, this morning, give wisdom and clarity to what is said and a clear theme throughout this service that people will hear from you and take away some of what you've got to say to this church, in this place, in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, first off, James, can we have up my little quiz? It's, an, it's, a, it's a kind of all-age service today. The kids are going to be in for a big chunk of it, and then for a little chunk of it, they're going to go out. So um, I'm going to start off with a bit of a quiz, and this is my quiz. What is going on in the world? Picture number one. What is going on here? Any, any questions? Uh, who said football? Is that Barney? Well done, Barney. It's football. Any specific bit of football? Any, any guesses from you youngsters, what's going on?
1: Pretending
0: to be hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Jake, you had your hand up. Do you know what it is? Any, right, we'll have to open it out a bit wider. Anybody know what's going on in this picture? Yep. The England man doesn't look very pleased with the That's right. That's right. So this little country, Iceland, who's got a population about the same size as Leicester, the city of Leicester. They're playing the same colours as Leicester. Playing the same colours. Thrashed the mighty England. And to be honest with you, I was cheering Iceland on on that game because, uh, ooh, controversial, because uh, I just thought they deserved it and England really didn't deserve it. So uh, good old Iceland. But a bit of a, a bit of a weird result, wasn't it? That wasn't expected. Next slide, please. Uh-oh. What's going on here? What in the world is going on? Any of you youngsters know what's going on. No?
2: I bet it sounds like this.
0: Yeah. Come on guys. His
3: lips are stuck together.
0: Yeah. One of you kids has got to know what's going on here. So I tell you who that guy is. Do you know who the guy is to begin with? What?
4: Go on, say it again.
0: David Cameron. Yes, that's David Cameron. And who is David Cameron? Who is he? Yeah, right. The president. Yeah, the president of the United States of England. <laughs> right. What, who else has got any ideas what's going on here?
3: Anybody? What have we been talking about at home for the last week?
0: I don't know. Chocolate? Right, we'll have to open it out a bit wider. Anybody else know what's going on here? Come on. We haven't got all day. We've got to get through a lot this morning. Someone be brave. Tell us what's going on here. Yeah, it's Brexit, isn't it? Britain's leaving the United States at the European Union um, so that was a bit of a surprise as well nobody expected that did they didn't oh, think that was going to happen it. And it's all in a, all in a bit of a kerfuffle next picture please we better keep moving Oh, uh, what's going on here
3: what's going on here
0: anybody we watched this yesterday so if you don't know what's going on here go on what's going on here you remember his name? Go on. Yeah, did you get that? Did you get that? Jacob said a man beat the best man tennis player. Yeah, that's what's going on here. Who knows what, who, who this guy here is? Novak who said that James. <laughs> hey well done James that's yeah. Novak and you know who this guy here is he's a bit of a harder one he's not who who, who did you say it was <laughs> Sam Query, isn't it and Andy Murray well it looks a bit like Andy Murray but it's not um so that was another surprise Novak Djokovic the world number one beaten by that guy Let's have a look what's happening else. Where? What's this one? What happened
1: here? <laughs> yeah.
0: Nikki, how old are you? I'm
1: three.
0: Yeah, good. You act like it. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here, kids? Not Nikki. Anyone know what's going on here? This, this quiz is going really well, isn't it? I thought these were quite easy for you guys. Wales. <laughs> Who's saying that? Is that James again? Yeah, it's Wales. And what did Wales do, James? They won, didn't they? They did a really good job. They did. In fact, you know, it could be Wales-Iceland final. That would be good, wouldn't it? That'd be really amazing. So, um, yeah, Wales, these underdogs, they thrashed Belgium. Wow, that's amazing. What a cool game that was. Good. So, Everything unexpected seems to be happening at the moment, doesn't it? Everything's changing. Everything, the order of things, the things that should happen, aren't happening. Lots of different things are happening instead. It's a bit weird. But what's this? There's one thing that stays constant in all of this change and flux, isn't there? Any ideas what stays constant when everything else is changing? This is going brilliantly. (laughs) god the bible describes god as a rock in different places and i've picked out three verses where it talks about him kind of being a rock and being stable so first one is from psalms here it is the lord has established his throne in the heavens and his sovereignty rules over all There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Trust in the Lord. Morning. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. So I was looking for pictures that showed kind of stability in flux. And there's a lighthouse being smashed into by a load of water. The water's everything that's changing, but the lighthouse stands firm. And then I thought... Is that really a good picture of what God's like? Or is it more like this? There. Is God more like this huge bit of rock? And all that's changing is just this kind of little bit of waves down the bottom. He's not phased by it, is he? That's what I wanted to say this morning. The Bible says God is a rock. He's solid and firm in all of this stuff. And all this stuff, Brexit and the sports world getting turned upside down and... All that other stuff that's going on in the world and all the stuff that might be going on in your own lives as well, is just tiny little bits of water dribbling at the bottom of the rock. He knows what he's doing and he's not going to fall over. Okay? That's the rock bit of the service. Tim, come and bring us some real rock now.
2: Give <laughs> Yeah! Oh, sorry. Yeah, was- Wrong audience. <laughs> right then, do you want to stand up? Actually, it's not a question. Let's stand up together as we worship the Lord in song. We're going to sing Days of
5: Elijah. So three more verses to that, but I thought we'd just take a bit of a break. (laughs)
2: that it's not going to be as good as that moving forward. And also with the negative, you know, there are so many things that have happened in our past that um, have formed who we are, that we've learned through, that we've got experience from, but sometimes that causes us to make certain decisions based on fear, and uh, we're told not to fear, we're encouraged not to fear. Philippians 3.13, it says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call for God in Christ Jesus. And we're reminded in Isaiah, Isaiah 43, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So we need to be looking to God as our rock this morning. and We're just going to be in a time of prayer now, a time of open prayer, um, to just kind of give him some glory and praise, but also to, to ask of him some of those things that we feel that are on our hearts that we want to get rid of, um, some of those things that we want to see changing and, and some of those things where we want, to see, we want to be comforted in our fears. So let's just give that to him now. uncertainty in many areas. Tom's made a few things um, light this morning in uh, the little quiz that we had. But there's all sorts of things that go on on a personal level on a daily basis in our lives. And by your spirit, would you guide us? Would you strengthen us and encourage us? And would you help us to remember that new things are to come? There is tomorrow. But why worry about that when we've got today? things are capable of being birthed today in your spirit Lord.
0: Thanks, Tim. Now, young folk in the church. There's somebody who asked me if they could come in and talk today, and I wasn't sure really. Um, but I said that they might be able to, and so they've been hiding out in the back cupboard. And I wondered if it's time to bring them in. Do you think it's time to bring them in? You like them? They're quite small. Do you know who it is? Do you? Well, this will be exciting for you then. Good. Well, why don't you youngsters come to the front, and then you can maybe see them a little bit better. Sit on the floor. floor. You guys come and sit up at the front, and I'll go and see if he's ready to come out. a little bit frightened. Come on, Hugo, you can do this. Has anyone met Hugo before? Have you met him before? <coughs> See, you've got a friend there. Ethan knows who you are. He's waving at you, Ethan. Hugo, would you like to say anything to the children? He's a little bit shy, isn't he? A little bit frightened. Wow. He did have a question for you guys. Hugo, you're going to have to be brave. You're going to have to talk to them. All right. Oh, he's shaking. Look. He's shaking. Poor little thing. Don't worry, Hugo. I'm here. You sit down. You talk to them. Okay. Ready? It's going to be good. Everyone, keep your eyes on Hugo. (laughs) Here he is. Okay.
3: He wants to be part of our team. That's nice, isn't it? Why? Why is that, Hugo? I never get picked for games. He never gets picked for games. What are you laughing at, Henry?
5: Oh. I'm
3: always lost. Oh. Poor Hugo. What are you laughing at, Ethan? Poor Hugo.
0: Keep your eyes on Hugo.
3: <laughs> I went into Cornwall Primary School the other day.
0: Who here goes to Cornwall Primary School? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I saw in the main hall a big word with four letters on the wall.
0: Anybody know what that word might be? Sophia. Is that right, Hugo? And that word, you told me earlier, has got some other words attached to the first letter of each of... I can't explain that very well.
5: Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: The T starts another word, the E starts another word, doesn't it? Yes. The A starts another word, and the M starts another word. Yes. Yes, that's right. Okay. Anyone know what those words are? Jacob. Jacob. Tell me the T first. Together. Sophia? Together, everyone. Anyone know what the A is? Achieves. Anyone know what the M is? Monkeys. Together, everyone <laughs> achieves monkeys. That's right, isn't it? No. He says it's not. What, what is the M? More. That's right.
3: Together, everyone achieves more.
0: Team. And you want to be part of the team, don't you, Hugo? Yes. OK, well, why particularly now?
3: I saw Wales beating Belgium, and <laughs> I heard that the reason they beat them was because they're a team. Even though Belgium have got a lot of better players, Wales played better as a team. Is that right?
0: Anyone? You're too cool for this, aren't you? Sorry. There is something coming up for you guys as well. Yeah.
3: He's not too cool. Pardon? Adam, he's not cool at all.
5: (laughs) What?
1: That's rude.
3: Yeah. And Bethany, she's not cool either. Oh,
0: my goodness. Anyway... What else has spurred you on to think about teams, Hugo?
3: I read the Bible. Did you? Yes.
0: What did you read in the Bible, Hugo?
3: I read all about Jesus and his 12 disciples.
0: Oh, that's good. So are you thinking that they were kind of like a team?
3: Yes, I think they were a team. Oh, good. I'd like to be a part of a team like that. Oh, good.
0: Excellent. This is going well, isn't it? Keeping your eyes on Hugo.
3: Stop laughing, Nicky. Uh,
0: Right. Well, let me tell you about a team that I was part of, Hugo.
3: Really? You don't look like much of a team player.
0: Well, when I was a kid, I went to a youth club at my church. Oh, sorry, is he frightening you?
3: Don't be afraid. Jonathan, would you like to come forward and stroke my hair?
5: (laughs) No, no,
3: okay. Yeah, no, okay.
0: Anyway, I was part of a team, Hugo, at my youth club, and it was really good. And do you know what? I'm still in touch with all the guys that are in that youth club, even though I've lost touch with everyone else.
3: That's what I want. I want to be part of a good team growing up.
0: Good. There we go. This hasn't got a big finish, you know. Uh, this is as far as it goes. <laughs>
3: Please come and get a snack now and think about teams.
0: <laughs> Snacks. Jill, do you want to tell him. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> do you know I said I was well prepared? This is just proving. That was horrendous. Yeah, love you. you love yeah. it. Yeah, Hugo. Hugo. Hugo <laughs> no, he jumped. He jumped. It wasn't me.
6: That's
5: all. <laughs> Kids, we... <laughs>
0: Before we read the Bible verse, because I know you're going to be far more interested in your snacks at the moment, we're going to put on a little video, and remember, right, we're talking about small groups this morning, yeah, the third one in our vision series, and we want these groups to be inclusive. Is anyone listening to me here, particularly you older youth? Adam, Bethany, Daisy, are you listening? I'm glad you're here because this next part is for you, okay? One of the small groups that we're having is obviously gonna be the youth group, yeah? And we want it to be inclusive. And I found a little video on the internet about how youth clubs can be really inclusive, and I thought you might enjoy it. So if James can put it on for us, we will watch this video. I'm so glad that you're all here. I hope you had a great week. Um,
7: Let's start off with Vader, anything you'd like to share? You know, this is a safe place. Or maybe not so safe. Bump it. I'm
0: sorry, excuse me, what'd you say?
7: Huh? I said I've had a pretty rough week. As a lot of you know, I've been going through some tough times at home. Excuse me, father? Yeah, about that. I'm not your father. about at school lately is my status how many friends i have or how many likes i can get on my instagram ladies everything is all about me i've been using the force to bully kids just so i can feel better about myself or more powerful i guess you could say then mr kenobi failed my essay on what i want to be when i grow up What? Are you kidding me? I lost my temper and ended up slashing his tire. You have failed me for the last time. I've been looking at things on the computer that I shouldn't be looking at. I just want to fit in with the crowd. So I've been giving into peer pressure, just so people think I'm cool. But it's not me. I feel like I'm wearing a mask. All the time. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I'm fulfilling the purpose for which I was created for. Something that has meaning. Something more. I know I'm supposed to use the force for good, but it's so much easier to use it for evil. I've always been called to the dark side. I find my lack of faith disturbing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: funny when I watched it at home I didn't hear much laughing in here but it's good the point is point is we want these groups to be really inclusive Um, and anyone can be there and we want them to be reaching out to other folk and that's what I hope for you guys is that your youth club is going to be an amazing place where you bond together where you do life together where you grow together and where you can share things together and that's what we're really hoping and aspiring for There's a bit in the Bible I want to read you, and this is the bit that Jill was talking about. So for you younger ones who've got your clipboards, you can listen out for some of the things in this this passage maybe and tick them off when you hear them. Um, It's from Acts chapter 2, and it's verses 42 to 47. It says this. The believers spent their time listening to the teaching of the apostles. They shared everything with each other. They ate together and prayed together. Many wonders and miraculous signs were happening through the apostles, and everyone felt great respect for God. All the believers stayed together and shared everything. They sold their land and the things they owned. Then they divided the money and gave it to those who needed it most. The believers shared a common purpose, and every day they spent much of their time together in the temple area. They also ate together in their homes. Did you get that bit? They ate together in their homes. They were happy to share their food and ate with joyful hearts. The believers praised God and were respected by all the people. More and more people were being saved every day, and the Lord was adding them to their group. Did you get that? Did you manage to tick the things off? Yeah? Well done. Well, now, I think kindly, John and somebody else, who's the other person? Uh, Frida, are going to take you youngsters out the back just for a little while, while the adults have a look at their small groups. And you can do some colouring in and stuff out there, and then we'll all come back together and we'll have communion together again at the end. Is that cool? All right, do you want to go out? God bless you. James, could we put the the next presentation up? Is that all right in a second? Brilliant. So here we are on the third of our Vision Sundays. Um, I thought it was worth just going, again, just a little recap for anyone that hasn't been here or who needs a quick refresher. We started off by saying that That what we want to be as a church is a church that that has multiple outlooks, if you like. We want to be a church that looks up, that turns its face towards God and says, "You're, you're our king, you're the one that we worship, you're the one we want to engage with. We want to be a church that looks inwards to itself and says, what's going on with you guys? We want to care for each other, we want to make sure that everyone's got what they need. We want to be a church that is pastoral, looking after each other. And we want to be a church that looks outwards, that looks at the community around us, that looks beyond that to the country, that looks beyond that to the world and says, what needs are out there? What can we do? Because our commission is to make sure that we're sharing God's message with other people and helping them to find him. So we want this church to be somewhere that looks up and that looks out and that looks in. Okay? That's where we're at. And so, in the first week, In order to kind of implement that vision, we looked at three key things, didn't we? Well, no, not in the first. Well, we did. We covered three things in the first week. But the the key one that we looked at in week one was that we said, we believe it's time for us to release some resource in the form of a part-time church worker. If we're going to implement this vision, if we're going to be that kind of church, we've got to have the courage to step forward and release some resource because we're not going to achieve it as we are. We're at maximum stretch and we just need to release some time. And that's a big ask. It's going to be a step of faith, but that's what we believe is right. That's what we believe God's calling us to. In week two, we, we were talking about getting a bigger building. We want to reach out to the village and we want to provide a larger building for that as a resource for the community. And I wanted to make that clear that this will be a church-owned and church-run facility, but very much with a community focus so we're not trying to kind of dumb down the faith aspect this will be a church thing but it will be there it will exist to reach out that's the purpose of it it's not to really create something for ourselves it's not to create some beautiful place where we'll all gather together and and be happy together it's about reaching out that's the purpose of that building but it will be ours it will be something that we will do and the message i hope is going to be really clear from that to people that come in and use it, that this is the church reaching out to the community. And today, we're going to have a look at small groups. That's the next thing. That's the third kind of prong of the things that we said that would help us to implement that vision of being up in and out. And the small groups are there to help the church community stay connected um, and to grow. And we want those small groups to be inclusive, as the Darth Vader video was supposed to show, and outward looking and um, you know there are times and, and they happen more frequently as the church grows when people come to me and they say you've forgotten this or you haven't done that and it, it, I really feel bad about those times you know when, when there, there are things that we're just not covering pastorally because we're, we're too busy with, with everything else. And one of the reasons I hope these groups will work is because they will capture some of that stuff that, that gets dropped sometimes. That There'll be places where people can share and begin to, to find love and acceptance. So as a church grows, you can't do all in one morning altogether because it just doesn't work. So that's part of the purpose is to capture some of those things. Um, so there you are. That's where we're headed. Now, That little passage in Acts talked about how the early church did it. And one key part of what they were doing was that although they had formal meetings, they were also meeting together informally. And they were growing in that way. They were meeting together. They were eating together. They were having fun together. They were having fellowship together. And that's something that I think is really gonna be part of what we do in our small groups. And I think it sounds fun. I think it sounds exciting. It sounds like the sort of place you'd want to be with your friends. And seeing miraculous things happen, that was the other thing that these guys were seeing. As they ate together, as they prayed together, many wonders and miraculous signs were beginning to happen. They were seeing God at work in those normal everyday things that they were doing together. And Hugo was talking about the 12 disciples, another kind of obvious small group in the Bible. And... That was a small group that did life together, wasn't it? They, they walked around together, they ate together, they went fishing together, they fought together sometimes, um, they traveled together. If you've ever been traveling with someone, that's a time when you really kind of get to know them, isn't it, when you're, you're actually traveling and there's a bit of pressure on you, out of your normal environment and you're sleeping in close quarters and all that kind of thing. They're really good times often because you bond with people, you really get to know them. And that's what that little group was doing. But more than that, they were also being trained, weren't they? Jesus was training them. And he was teaching them in real intimate ways, in ways that isn't possible when you've got a big group of people around you. But he was, he was really teaching them intimately and pulling them up on stuff and saying, no, this isn't how it is. And using examples of just everyday life that occurred as they were moving around together but there was an ultimate purpose to his teaching as well wasn't there and that was that these disciples were to go out to replicate to train others in john 14:12 it says this i can assure you that whoever believes in me will do the same things i have done and they will do even greater things than i have done because i am going to the father so when Jesus did go back to the Father, what did he tell his disciples? Do you, do you remember that bit on the mountaintop at the Ascension? What was Jesus saying to the disciples? He trained them, and now he was sending them out. He was saying, go out into all the nations and make disciples of people. So I'm quite excited about small groups. I think it can be a real exciting place to have fellowship, to grow, to learn, to see miraculous things happen to share pastorally to to pick up some of those things that get missed in a in a bigger kind of church group but i'm also looking forward to see where god will take us where he'll send us out from those small groups where he'll say okay you you've picked up something of my heart now take it out and do something with it so it's going to be exciting it's going to be exciting because we're going to learn and grow together, but we're also going to go on a mission together. We're going to go out from those groups and we're going to do something with it. And that's that's what's really exciting. So at this point, I'd love Roger and Catherine to come up and share a little bit more about how they might work and about some real examples of small groups and, and the benefits of them and that kind of thing.
4: We haven't spent hours and hours preparing this. I think it's fair to say. Um, but the, the way we're going to do it, we thought we'd do it. Pat's is just um, uh, I'm going to ask Catherine a few questions, and um, both about perhaps her experience of sort of small groups and things, and then also then how you know, how we see um, small groups working at coca um, uh, So, uh, <laughs> so Catherine. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, these questions have been pre-approved by her, so she can't she can't complain. At 10:30 yeah. last
6: night. Yeah. We were just about to yeah. Yeah. Speak. yeah.
4: Anyway. Um, so, uh, what groups have you been involved with? at uh, the Various churches you've been to. Yeah.
6: So I guess um, uh, I've been involved with kind of small groups and sort of prayer triplets being quite important to me. And particularly, I guess over the last ten years, I can. Uh, there's a number of different groups I've been involved with. The first really kind of key one was. Um, uh, from a church in Cheltenham and um, I would had a really rubbish year in London. I'd gone back to live with my parents and um, joined this uh, church in Cheltenham and they had, I don't remember what they called them, I think it was kind of pastorates or life groups or something and I joined one and it was brilliant. It was kind of like a, just a nourishing, I don't know, people from all sorts of different walks of life, not some people that would naturally kind of be your friends but there's something kind of really key about sort of um, studying the Bible together. And it was like that group sort of put me on my feet again and um, uh, sent me out and I um, moved to London. And it was kind of like a quite a kind of God thing about um, when I moved to London, meeting various friends. And um, the first person who I didn't know, but it had kind of been arranged, through a friend of a friend who took me to the church that I eventually joined in London ended up being kind of a key um, prayer partner for me. So I've been involved in kind of pastorates and kind of groups of 10 or 12, but also in prayer triplets, so two or three. I think the most it was was four. But that girl that I met on that first trip to um, the church that I joined in London... Where where did you meet her? uh, Outside the... um, Oh, sorry, the girl before I met at the Uh, pub. So I've met all all sorts of key um, people in my life through various interesting different places. So we had this Cheltenham group I had a prayer triplet that um, started when I first moved to London, and kind of has continued um, sort of in different veins throughout the last 10 years, and then we also joined kind of pastorates when we were in London, which is the same as the Cheltenham group, I mean that was slightly larger, I guess a group of 30, and he had a pastorate one week, and then a small group the next, which was kind of a group of 10 or 12, and Roger and I led a small group um, uh, during that time, and I guess... I don't know, I mean, you, you hear kind of the sermon at church, you might get to listen to it with um, kids, but, um, or might not if you're kind of serving and doing various things, but I've found kind of over the years that those kind of groups that meet kind of midweek and sort of a, a different range of people, people you wouldn't ordinarily hang out with, have been so kind of enriching for me and kind of encouraging mm-hmm.
4: And how much of a support would you say that? Yeah, have?
6: kind of crucial. Um, as I said, you know, the Sundays you might pick up on something or something that, um, you know, you've heard kind of, you know, might, might kind of plant in. But it's when you're sort of speaking to other Christians, that kind of iron sharpening iron, praying about stuff that's going on in your lives and really encouraging each other, that's the kind of crucial bit. A bit like kind of sports. I'm rubbish at doing sport by myself. I can do it for a little bit and go out for a run, but... I'm much better if Roger runs with me. Or I've decided that just going to classes is easier because you're in a group, you're encouraging one another, you can't get out of it because you're the only kids. And um, I think we found that a little bit with running a small group. You know, you get to that evening and you think, oh, my God, I've got to clear up the flat, I'm not quite ready for this, I feel a bit tired after work. And there was always this one guy who came half an hour early just when you're doing that like final <laughs> clear-up. But we always got to the end of the evening and felt really kind of uplifted that you'd learnt something, you kind of prayed together, and just um, giving you kind of an extra boost in the middle of the week. Our kind of vicar used to describe it almost like a washing line. You had Sunday, which is kind of can be a sort of spiritual high, but then you kind of go down during the week, and you're you know you're distracted by other stuff, and then and then you might go up on a Sunday, and I guess these other things put other kind of pegs in your life that, you know, a a bit of input. Um, So, yeah, it's been quite
3: crucial to me.
4: And and what sort of resources have you followed
6: in Uh, in the groups? Yeah, different things. Like um, when we were in London, it tended to be stuff that was off the shelf. So it wasn't kind of people thinking up a topic and having to put an awful lot of work in. But we used um, um, a resource about God at Work, how, you know, you know, God and your work life, and went through that. There was one on the seven deadly sins, which sounds awful, but it's actually really, <laughs> really good, really interesting. Then I think people did do kind of favourite characters, you know, brought something to the group. Um, we did one on the celebration of discipline, um, <laughs> which was also very good. Um, yeah, so generally things that we, sort of books that we followed or stuff that we accessed, there's all, all sorts of stuff out there.
4: And so, that, so how do you imagine um, sort of Kokutu's life groups will be and what are you sort of most excited about?
6: Um, yeah, I guess I, I, you know, because it's been so important to me, I just feel like, oh, it'd just be brilliant for us as a church to have that, you know. And um, I, I think there's the sort of getting to know one another and I hope that they are a kind of mixed group. It's just not going around with your, your mates already. And learning from, I guess, different ages, different sort of, people who've um, been a Christian for a long time or a short time or, you know, that, that sort of mixed learning from, from each other. And also that kind of encouragement, that this is an encouragement in your walk of faith, that we're actually kind of um, helping, each, helping each other, that sort of iron sharpening iron, that it's not just a, a nice meet together, you know, and have a cup of tea and a nice chat, but we're really encouraging each other in our faith. And I think when, when you study the Bible and pray together, it's powerful. And it has an impact. And you, in, in sort of doing that, your knowledge of God and your love for God increases. And I think once that kind of happens, and as a group you're encouraging one another, you learn more about each other, but it also kind of spills over. So you, you're kind of thinking, oh, I see opportunities in the village. There's, or there's something in the church that I want to support. And, you know, so it, it, that kind of naturally spills out into a kind of out, um, yeah.
4: Yeah, so you touched on that there, but how do you... And Tom's talked before about, about the up, in, and the outs. Um, how do you see that sort of playing out in
6: life groups? So I guess in life groups? the um, in kind of naturally happens, or just gathering together, you know, get, having the chats. But when you're studying the Bible, you get to know each other. I mean, I, whenever I've done Alpha, it's such a bonding experience because you're talking about things that are so um, deep for you, um, and you get to know the other people in the group really intimately. So that in just happens, I think, um, naturally in the up is in the kind of yeah, knowing more about God um, spurring each each other on in our faith and knowledge of God and kind of worship and then the out I mean we, we, there's all sorts of different things as I said you know, it could could be supporting a ministry that's already happening in the church or it could be, oh I see a need um, in our neighbours, they need their garden cleared let's do that as a um, uh, a group thing there's a an organisation called Beesum in London that would support that gives you the gardening tools to go and um, help help out a sort of a family in the community or I don't know some somebody's ill sort of as a group providing kind of meals you know there's all sorts of different opportunities so I, I would imagine that kind of happens naturally that something of from the group that
5: kind of spills out.
4: Okay, no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> The first, so when we start these in September, um, sort of both the teaching on a Sunday and then at the small groups is going to be based on on this book, 40 Days with Jesus. Um, I can't say that much more about it, but um, I, I think the title is probably fairly. Tom yeah. looks like he can say a lot more, but yeah, no, but the aim is, I think, to have for the it, there is there, it is a sort of Bible study as well, but it's 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 not something that's meant to take up loads of time. You know, the person preparing it doesn't have to take a day off work or you know spend a whole weekend preparing a talk. Um, it's meant to sort of fit fairly seamlessly together with the teaching on a Sunday. Um, I think this book it's got sort of ready-made talks and and sort of Bible study uh, studies that you can do. Um,
0: so um as roger said september is is when we're planning to kick these off and then we're going to have another sunday uh at the start of september just to kind of fill in a bit more of the details around it but um we are going to start off by using this book and and what this guy did is written by a guy called dave smith who's at um at a big church in peterborough and he was looking for a way to kind of um coordinate everything within the church into kind of one seamless whole so you wanted the youth program and uh, the kind of small groups life and the, the main service all to kind of carry the same theme and so you put this thing together um, and although it's kind of supposed to be post-easter you can use it anytime and lots of different churches are doing it um, and it's basically the Sunday service is, is kind of or the Sunday sermon is in there and then there's questions about it that will that you then unpick in your small groups and so that's what we'll be doing it's kind of like so on the back of the Sunday, you then kind of go into your small groups and talk more about what it all means and what you thought of it and uh, unpick some of the detail of it. That's the idea to begin with. Make sense? Good. Excellent. Should we get the youngsters back in and uh, have communion? Communion is, um, is a time when we, we, we think about... Um, giving in part uh, the sacrifice that God gave for us um, and it's a time when we think about how we can trust God um, because of what he's given for us it's a time when we can come to him and and lay ourselves down before him and remember what he's done for us um, and that's the kind of theme that i wanted really communion to take this morning um, and I had a verse or two verses from Ephesians Ephesians 5 1 and 2 and I need to get my iPad to You'll know these verses. They're quite um, familiar verses. But this is is kind of what I want us to think about this morning as we go into communion. You are God's dear children, so try to be like him. Live a life of love. Love others just as Christ loved us. He gave himself for us, a sweet-smelling offering and sacrifice to God want to think about that kind of giving that god did that giving of himself as a sacrifice as we come to communion um we won't start it till the kids come back in and before we do we have a have another special guest but it'd be good for the kids to hear this as well so we'll we'll wait for them come on in guys it's okay it's the right time come on in drifting in okay well we'll get our special guest up now Gordon, would you come up? And um, Gordon just wanted to um, give us a little bit of a testimony as we as we begin to think about this vision and, and the cost of it, both financial and in terms of uh, our own faith and resources. He wanted to give us a little testimony, and I said, that would be great. Let's do it at communion.
1: Well, there are two testimonies, really. But before I start, then I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. <laughs> I don't want you to put your forward keys in the collection and God will give you a Mercedes. That's not the thing at all <clears throat> we had a few children and we were struggling financially and we used to give God some of the change after we would paid all our expenses and bought the groceries and so on and then I don't know how it happened but we decided we should tithe now I'm not a great one for tithing I'll come to that later but we started to tithe and believe it or not we gave God first bought the groceries and paid all the expenses, and still had some change left over. So tithing is probably the basics. But we belonged to a church in Rhodesia. Um, We didn't have a manse. We were several months behind with the pastor's stipend, and we owed the mother church for the building. And then eventually we went into a mission program. We adopted a system called the faith promise giving. Now, we needed money to support missionaries. And we're all in arrears with all these things. But this faith promise is not part of your budget. You trust God to give you what you've promised. And uh, quite a few people just promised a pound a month. And God's provided that. Um, some people had chickens and got some extra eggs and sold those and uh, all sorts of things happened that God provided and people thought well God can provide that we'll give a bit more oh God can provide that well we'll sort out the church finances too and give more and within a year or I'm not sure whether it was a year or two years we'd paid the uh, pastor's stipend arrears bought a manse, paid the mother church for the building and started supporting some missionaries in the Far East. Then a couple of years later, they sent us out <laughs> as missionaries. All given in faith. Not from the budget, not from what you can afford, but trust the Lord to give you what you want to give him. And we've, uh, Rick told us it's going to cost us a few, Bob, <laughs> to put all these things into uh, action, to have a, a paid worker, and looking forward to this new building that we want. So let's just make up our minds what we want to give, what we'd like to give. Now, one of the reasons I I believe our church is growing is because the church has been faithful in giving. We give more than our tithe from the church income to mission work. I checked out this with Morris during the week, (laughs) and we actually give more than the average uh, monthly offerings so the Lord has blessed the church for tithing if you don't tithe well then it's time you started as a starting point but the reason I don't agree with tithing is because that's the Old Testament it's a good starting point but Paul wrote in Corinthians uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 2 when you come together on the first day of the week Lay aside as the Lord has prospered you. Now, if I earn £100, I give £10. I've got £90 left to live on. <clears throat> if you earn a £1,000,000 and you give a tenth of that, you've got a lot more left to live on. And you can afford to give more to the Lord's work. This might sound like prosperity, but when you this is from experience. When you give to the Lord... He is no man's debtor. I'm not saying he'll send you a murk instead of you a fork. That's the prosperity gospel. What I'm saying is the Lord is no man's debtor. So let us each one learn to trust the Lord for the future and to give him faith that he will provide.
0: Well, I, I didn't ask Gordon to, to say all of that. that. That just came from him. Okay, so... Um, Uh, But I agree with him in general that um, God is faithful. And when when we're prepared to kind of put ourselves out there, he he does look after us and he does provide for us. And I've seen it happen in my life, and I'm sure you have in yours, where you've you've taken those kind of steps of faith and found God's faithfulness. Good. Let's turn to communion. Uh, John tells me the kids are not coming back in. They're having so much fun out there. Um, So uh, we'll just have it together, which is good. The words are very familiar, aren't they, about um, on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. But I want you to um, just reflect on what it actually cost him, that actual sacrifice, what it cost him, um, as we take the bread and the wine and thank him for that. And what it means, that's the important thing, what it means for us is that we can trust him, that someone who is prepared to do that for us is worthy of our trust, that we can come to him and put ourselves in his hands and say if you can do that for me then you can do anything for me so on the night he was betrayed jesus took bread and broke it and said this is my body broken for you do this in remembrance of me So we can trust in a God who sent his only son to die for us and whose blood was shed for us. As we move into a new season, as the world around us seems to be changing quickly, we can trust in a God who's a rock and who's steady and certain and who calls us forward to new things. So let's drink the cup together as a sign of our unity as a family. And that's pretty much it um tim's got one more song i want to close the service though uh, as tim comes up to to play um just by praying again what i prayed at the start and that's that in that kind of mix of different themes we've heard this morning that you'll hear a consistent sound of god's voice as we move forward into new things as we um seek to grow and to learn and to look for ways to be sent out in the world and as we look to God for finance and as we um, put our trust and our hope in him. I just want that message to come forward. I know there's lots of different themes but I'm going to pray that again and we'll sing and then you can go at the back and enjoy some fellowship together. Heavenly Father, um, I want to thank you for all that you are laying on our hearts in this church. I want to thank you for where you plan to lead us i want to thank you for the excitement and the the vision of that i want to thank you that you are doing new things and that you're calling us forward and you're saying leave the old things behind move forwards i want to thank you that you will remain steady and certain in all of that no matter what's going on in the world around us lord you will remain steady and certain and we thank you for that and we look to you for provision for all that you call us to achieve and we thank you for giving it to us as a as a something to be trusted with, that you said, okay, I I can see growth for my kingdom here and I'll give you guys a place in that. We trust you for it and we thank you for it. We pray that you will lead us forward with clear vision. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you.